Hello and welcome to the Leadership and Insurance Podcast. This is episode 14. Um, in this episode, I was very lucky to be joined by Antonin, who is one of the co-founders, one of three co-founders of Allfins. Um, Allfins is a SaaS um, analytics and exposure management tool. They've got a really interesting background um, joining us from the sort of energy sector, working in various things on finance to engineering. Um, and they had a very specific take on the way that we look at data in the insurance industry. And uh, they brought something new to the industry. Um, they went through the Lloyds Lab. Um, so we talk about that. We talk about how they got together as a team because that's always pretty interesting. Um, and uh, I wanted to dive into how do, how do you decide on the roles when you're a founding team? Who's the CLO? Who's the CEO? And and how does that kind of work its way out? Um, Antonin is someone that I've spoken to a couple of times, lovely guy, really open, really honest, um, never ducked a question. Um, and we talk about, you know, the impacts of things like the pandemic on the uh, on the business of a new startup and the challenges of that. Um, and uniquely, something we've not talked about before, we get into some of the challenges of the long sales cycle of such a product um, and its impact on things like bootstrapping a business. So really interesting um, episode for um, anyone looking to start a business out there and the challenges of that but also the tech industry um all things is also from france and um working out of a, a really interesting um, incubator sort of platform um out there or campus a startup campus is probably more accurate um called platform uh, 24 and um yeah we talked a little bit about that good episode really enjoyed it um i hope you enjoy it too Good morning and welcome to, to the Leadership in Insurance podcast, otherwise known as The Lip. Um, I'm very lucky to be joined by Antonin, who is the COO of uh, All Fins. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Good morning, Alex. Thanks for having me. The, where, where are you? Are you in Paris at the moment? Actually, I'm, uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm back in France. I'm in Marseille. Oh, Marseille. France. Very so nice. That's uh, a good place for the lockdown. Yeah, yeah. I've I've managed to escape London now. I think when we first spoke, I was in London, and um, I was I was I, I, London's my favourite city in the world. Um, I think uh, it's tough. There's a fight between New York, Paris, and London, to be honest. But um, um, yeah, during during the winter months when the clocks changed, and I was getting up and. It's dark, and then it's dark when you finish work, and and uh, and you're not allowed to go do anything at the moment. It sort of defeats the object. So, um, yeah, making the way to the coast seems to be the right idea. But um, obviously, you know, we've touched base, and 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 all things is some somewhere that a business I'm aware of. But it'd be really helpful to everyone to introduce all things and and what it is that you guys do. Sure. So. Allfins is a data analytical and exposure management platform. Uh, we started to focus on the energy class of risk. Um, and now we are expanding across the specialty uh, risk. Uh, so covering um, energy and soon covering um, cargo, aviation, and, and, uh, and, and, and so on. Uh, what uh, we are is really a combination. So we are a, a software as a service. We developed a software as a service solution to help um, clients uh, structure their, their data and extract some insights 
to make better underwriting decision and have more insights about their exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, it enables them to uh, take better risk decision, but also to better optimize their uh, portfolio and capital allocation. Um, so that's uh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a, that's a, that's a, deep, a much better overview than I certainly would have given it. I was like, oh, it's an exposure management uh, data analytics type tool. Um, but before we get into sort of how the, how the product works, um, you know this is becoming an inherent theme of the podcast is you've either got people that have had really unusual choppy changey careers um, or people like yourselves who, who sort of come from outside of the industry, but there's, it's quite closely parallel to how you started focusing on the energy sector. Cause were you an energy trader? Is that right? Or Yeah, I was, well, I was in, in, uh, I was financing energy projects. And, and my co-founder was investing in, in energy projects and had an oil and gas career uh, mm-hmm. before. And we were both um, looking to uh, switch career paths uh, and, and do something more digital, more data-oriented mm-hmm. and, and do something in that, um, in that space. Uh, how, did you, and, did yeah. you, how did you meet? Did you work together or...? Well, I, I, I actually, uh, we are longtime friends. Right. So um, we uh, w- we met through through friends, and we discussed a lot um, ideas and, and potential opportunities. And um, and we are we have slightly different background. Although although we uh, th- there is a common ground on the energy side, I'm more a finance guy. And Laurent is more um, an engineer, and he has been a project manager and uh, executive at uh, Schlumberger. Uh, so we have slightly different uh, skill set um, in that respect. Well, that's interesting. That's what because one of the questions I had to ask you is that um, how, uh, when you're sort of co-founders, um, I always find that really interesting. Um, did you find it helpful to sort of decide who does what role and and do you are you quite sort of strong on because you're the COO and he's the CEO? Did did you did you sort of fight for that or did you say right I naturally fit this role or how did that work? Um, well, actually, Laurent is very good at uh, uh, project management. Um, he's he's more he's good at building teams and and taking decisions, and I'm more of a business uh, business guy. So I think we are very complementary, but we have an, uh, a third, um, a third co-founder, Jean-Baptiste, who is a, a great uh, CTO. Uh, he's at the actual brain of, of, of the team, and he's the guy behind the machine. So uh, um, and he has always great great ideas. Uh, yeah. So yeah. our skill set are very complementary in that sense. I, I just I, I'm really fascinated about startup teams and um, how's it been uh, and and how did how did you know uh, John Baptiste is he someone that you brought into the business did you know him as well was it so actually Laurence um, first started Dolphins um, when he when he was right after his move from 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 Schumberger and um, he wanted to build a, a minimum viable product. And he hired uh, Jean Baptiste uh, to, uh, to to build uh, something, 
And eventually, Jean-Baptiste joined, joined as, as a co-founder and I joined later on uh, mm -hmm. as, as the business needed more, uh, as the company needed more input on the business side. Okay. Um, so that's how it worked. And I was based in London. I'm, I'm, I'm still normally based in London. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was a great way to approach uh, the insurance markets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the business is, your, your business is not headquartered in London, though, is it? It's um... No, it's headquartered in, in, in Paris, actually. So Jean-Baptiste and Laurent are based in Station West, which yeah. is the world's uh, largest uh, campus for, for startup. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, it's a great place. It's a great ecosystem uh, to gain some visibility as a, as a startup. Um, and we uh, and we also recently got nominated among the top forty uh, startup within Station F uh, among uh, one thousand startups. So, wow. uh, so we are very uh, happy to be there. Yeah, no, that's that, congratulations. That's that's great. That's great news. And um, so they get to be at the lovely statue, uh, yeah, Station F, with all the funky startups, and you have to be in London, walking the streets of London. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. that, that sounds unfair. So, um, how did was the was the business bootstrapped? Did you go out for investment? What what's, what stage you, what stage are you at? So we, we are we are still at uh, seed stage and, and we haven't uh, actually pre seed stage we haven't raised any uh, any external uh, funding yet. Um, so yeah, uh, we've bootstrapped uh, the company uh, uh, for, for for now. We are still a very lean team um, and we have a product a market ready product mm -hmm. and we might. Uh, we, we, we might grow uh, in the next few months and mm -hmm. and start thinking about about raising later on, but that's uh, that's another subject. But for now, we 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 strapped. Yeah, yeah. So how did you come to this insurance world? Because um, I, I understand you might be looking for different things to do, um, but um, I'm always intrigued by how people end up in insurance. Um, yeah. So. Uh, we we were both working. Laura and I were both working in oil and gas in in energy in the energy space, mm -hmm. uh, investing in projects, uh, and we um, we had to deal with uh, the insurance aspect of uh, uh, an investment uh, from time to time, and we realized that uh, um, insurers uh, were probably not making the best use of. Uh, the data and analytics that was available. Mm -hmm. So we thought uh, uh, insurance were a good, a good place to, to apply those, um, those uh, insights. Yeah. And is it, is it that you present the data differently or interpret the data differently or, or are you bringing in new data to, to, to the insurance market? So I, I feel like um, where we are very good at is that recognizing risk and so on one hand you'll have um, insurers would receive a, a, a list of uh, installation to, to, to insure and on the other you have a lot of data sets available uh, either open sources or or third-party data sets mm -hmm. and what we are really good at is that is that combining um, the two and um, 
and, and combining them in, in one platform, recognizing each risk, linking them with assets from, uh, uh, from, from, from a database. So it's about uh, enriching risk. It's about recognizing risk. It's about delivering uh, analysis, but I think all the framework are already existing. So it's, it's more about connecting policies with data yeah. Uh, rather than uh, redoing the um, reinventing the wheel on, on, on the analysis front. Yeah. Were you surprised about what the insurers didn't know about those risks or, 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 or where the gaps were? Was, was that surprising to you? Well, no, they, they know what they don't know and, 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 and they consider themselves as um, insurers, uh, not tech companies. So they are very happy and proud of their advisory and you know client relationship uh, uh, capabilities, um, but they also understand that they might uh, have to look um, elsewhere to get the best out of tech and data. So they're always willing to to have a chat and explore new technologies. So that that was a very good surprise for for us when we uh, when we started this. Uh, Mm. This journey is to have access to a lot of people uh, ready to uh, to answer or or sometimes not so intelligent questions. <laughs> I, I've always loved that about the industry, and um, you know I've been working in this industry for about fifteen years now, and um, only the first year I worked in insurance, and then I then I've worked as a headhunter since then, um, and I'm amazed still how I can pick up the phone to someone that, you know, I, yourself, we didn't know each other. And I just said, do you want to have a conversation? And I think there's something about the industry that, you know, probably a little bit comes from the Lloyd setup or subscription markets generally that, you, that, that it, they collaborate naturally. Yeah, um, that the industry is very happy to, you know, answer questions. And, and I would say the same as you. I, answer, I ask plenty of good questions. I ask plenty of really... Stupid ones as well, and um, <laughs> I, I very rarely get treated badly, um, and it's quite yeah. unique in that. Um, and you only know that when you come from another industry. And I think I wasn't aware of that, but then working with some colleagues who may be focused on even banking or, or technology, and it, they got crucified for what they didn't for know. Sure. You know, like <laughs> it, if you didn't know, you it, you were not allowed to ask stupid questions. So it's really good for that, and. Um, I, I've got a question here about AI because your 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 um, your, your service uses AI to kind of deliver some of the some of the solutions. Um, how does it apply in the context of what you do? Um, where does the AI come into it? Because uh, AI is such a like term that gets thrown around. So I always want to dig into. So what what is it doing um, in your in your your service? So we, we see AI as. Um a lever to allow for more efficient processes and a new level of analysis. Um, for example, we use AI uh, to identify risks. So um, it's always applied across the, um, the underwriting process in very specific circumstances. That's how we, 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 we use it for now. So for example, in upstream energy, an uh, insurer would receive 20, 000, a list of 20,000 risks. Uh, each installation can have multiple different names, and uh, it's very difficult for underwriters to identify risk um, 
platform installations and to uh, calculate uh, a clean uh, exposure um, uh, aggregate um, and aggregate exposure quickly. So we use natural language processing to identify platform, recognize the names, uh, and, and, and then link it with an asset from, from all database. Um, so uh, it's um, so yeah, it's one one example of how we use uh, AI. Um, it's, it's usually in very specific circumstances. Yeah, yeah, no, sure, that makes that makes perfect sense. I mean, I think one of the one of the things that's been interesting for me is looking at the use of AI, and it was a term that there was a lot of times where I was very skeptical. You know, I think there's a lot of times the term is used, and it's either not really truly AI. It's like it's probably an advanced chatbot or something. You know, sometimes um, where, but I think the big leap in in actual the practical application has been. Um, natural language pro, you know, processing and the ability to do that because that's the challenge, isn't it, really, with insurance. A lot of it is, is there's data, but it's not clean. There's data and there's a lot of it that's, that's written down. Um, it's language-based. And, and until AI got to the point where it could be effective on things like you know, language processing, then it, it, it had limited application at that point. But now it seems to be... Um, the floodgates have opened, and and it's really truly applicable to insurance. Yeah, it's uh, it's very it's very effective. So, um, in, in, in the natural language processing case, um, we are uh, our tool is, is continuously learning new words, new combinations, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Matching, matching better. Do you um? Do you see tools like this? Because um, obviously the logical progression, and I think the fear of the industry is always that, you know, the robots are coming and um, and the AI, will AI replace, you know, underwriting? Is there is there a case for that, do you think? Um, so, well, I, I see AI uh, improving the efficiency of, of uh, of insurers uh, tremendously, um, and and more than AI technologies is really re revolutionizing the the way how simple and commoditized risk are processed. Um, now, for for complex risk, it's a bit of a different uh, game, and uh, there are very limited uh, technologies that support insurance for for complex risk, uh, such as uh, energy, factories, plane, vessels. Those risks uh, still need, we think, a lot of analysis and, uh, and dedicated tools, um, but they're not going to be completely automatically processed and a human still has a lot to, um, to, to do. And, and we, we are more uh, a, a tool to enhance and supercharge human judgment rather yeah. than replace uh, anyone here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, very simple risk might might um, might be in the different position for sure. Mm. But I think I still always see that as a really positive move because if you speak to less underwriting, I mean, I was talking to someone about claims and um, but it applies to underwriting as well. 
the, the, the reason underwriters like doing the job and the reason that the, the claims people like doing the job is the big and complex risks. Yeah. The, the vanilla, you know, simple um, risks or, or low value, simple claims, um, people don't want, really want to spend their time. And I'm just talking about someone that talks to people about do they enjoy their job? You know, my, my job in the recruitment industry is about do people enjoy their jobs? Are they happy? And they're happiest when they're actually challenging themselves on the kind of complex stuff. So any tool or any move towards removing the need to deal with the kind of more mundane, more vanilla stuff, um, I think is important. And then giving us, giving them a, a tool to help them deal with kind of more complex risk is, is just a massive benefit, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I, you and I touched base about the Lloyds Lab. Um, and um, what what cohort were you in? Um, cohort three. Yeah, three. Um, yeah. What was that experience like? Um, uh, what stage were you at when you when you got involved? Had you built the product, or were you? Yeah, so we were actually pre-review and pre. Uh, we, we hadn't uh, secured any clients uh, yet, but we had um, had a lot of conversation with many underwriters at the Lloyd's Lab and. They were very happy uh, at the Lloyd's uh, of London. They were very happy to, to talk to us and have a chat. So they uh, supported us uh, into our application for, for the Lloyd's lab. We just had a minimum viable product. Yes. And, um, and, and we were lucky enough to get uh, accepted into uh, the, the lab, especially because the core three was uh, meant to be more focused towards seed um, seed uh, well uh, more more advanced um, more advanced startups mm -hmm. um, for for us it was really a, an eye opener and um, it, it it really enabled us to um, to get a very good understanding of uh, insurance pain points so you have to meet you have mentors uh, who are working uh, at the Lloyds of London were underwriters exposure management and you meet them on, on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. um, it's um, a tremendous, tremendous source of information to understand their challenges, their pain points, their objective, and to craft solution to help them get there. Um, and uh, yeah, you are right in the center of the, of the, the insurance market. Mm -hmm. uh, it's as good as it can get. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's it's also a good environment to be surrounded by uh, other other startups. You know, you can share ideas, you can uh, talk to, to with uh, with anyone. Uh, it's a good uh, spirit as well. Um, now, it's it's not a typical uh, incubator. It's not a mini MBA. It's not a place where you'll have uh, tech people helping you uh, improve your your, your, your tech, uh, tech side, um, but it's, it's perfect to meet clients, understand their, their, their problems, uh, and the ecosystem is, uh, is great. So I highly recommend. To yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that, I think the big, the big thing that I've spoken to quite a few people from the Lloyd's Lab now, and, and okay. one of the big things is, the, is about the interaction with essentially your customer base, right? You, 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 you get to talk to these people are going to be your customers and, and you get to spend time with them and, and, and really with no 
obviously there's some pressure on it because you don't want to you're happy to ask the odd stupid question, but you don't you don't want to be <laughs> you want to present yourself as being fairly smart because otherwise you know uh, it doesn't look great for the future. But I was I had a question here to ask you about um, what's the kind of like biggest lesson you learned from? Uh, I was going to ask you three, but I think that's a bit mean. So I'm just going to ask you what was the biggest lesson you learned um, from the Lloyd's Lab experience from your customers base, you know, potential customers that perhaps you weren't aware of or, or you know, what, yeah. What's the biggest sort of customer takeaway? You would so, say? yeah, um, I mean, we, we really realized that moving from unstructured data to uh, structured and clean data set was a very important challenge for the industry. It was a very difficult challenge for the industry <laughs> as well. Uh, and difficult to, to solve, um, especially for, 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 for complex risk. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's, um, I think that was our, our, our biggest, biggest lesson. Mm -hmm. uh, we had to find ways to, to help them in, uh, to, to, to get more clean data sets. Yeah. Um, and as you mentioned, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, Meeting with with um, people from from the lab, your your mentors, you, they are both your your potential customers, but also a source of information. And uh, it's um, it was great to to understand their their pain point. Uh, they also have uh, another thing that is very challenging um, is the fact that the, their organization. Are, is quite um, team. There are many teams that are working in SIO, uh, so they don't talk much with one another. Mm -hmm. So the claim people would barely talk with the underwriting people, yeah. uh, which is quite strange when uh, for for an outsider. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so um, so we yeah we, we, we tried to. To build tools as well to to help to better foster communication with with an organization. Mm. Um, there's a lot more in the culture and politics of change, and I say change because I I'm not keen on innovation too much because um, you know technology doesn't equal innovation, but 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 you know looking at things in a different way does, um, but. I think there's a lot more in culture and politics about kind of trying to bring change into a, a business. Um, how have you found trying to get over the line? So you, you built you built the product, you had your your MVP, and then you're trying to get it out there and, and get those first customers. Um, how was that? And 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 how did how long did it take you to get your first customer? Um, yeah, what was that sort of journey? Well, um, so yeah, you, the the sales cycle in in insurance, in insurance is is very long, um, and um, so yeah, you you really have to prove that um, your value proposition is solid, uh, and you have to meet the right person within within your targeted organization that will uh, be your champion and, and and market your product within within uh, the, the, the organization. And um, there are multiple decision makers 
uh, it's difficult to navigate. So it's important to have that that person, and we were extremely lucky to find uh, to find uh, our first customer and to find that person uh, within uh, Transray, our first uh, our first customers, mm-hmm. who really supported us um, to uh, implement our, our solution and um, to make the business case uh, and to to drive to drive change. But um, yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a long process indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did that, did that surprise you? Were you prepared for that or? Uh, no, I, I don't think we were. Uh, we knew we, it was it would be long, but uh, experiencing it is uh, is even more difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's I think that's why I was sort of making that highlight around culture and uh, and, and, and kind of because basically. It's difficult when you've got a solution like yours, which obviously adds value. You know, you, you, I've obviously not seen the product from a technical point of view, but I'm assuming that because it's a data-driven tool, if it didn't provide better data, um, <laughs> you, you wouldn't have a product, right? You wouldn't have a service. Yeah. So let, let, I'm assuming that it works, but let, you, know, you provide better data. It's very easy in a way to demonstrate that that works. So in many respects, you go, as long as it's priced right, it should be a n- no question. You should be like, right, we, we write energy. We want better data. We should, we should bring this on board. But there are so many factors that go into whether that, you know, you might win the person over that works on underwriting. But like you say, the exposure management team might have a conflict of interest with that. And the claims team might have something to say or, or there's, there's a... You know, there, there's so many moving parts, and and that's 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 not that's ignoring affordability. That's ignoring whether the budget's there. That's just whether people's opinions yeah. match. Um, so um, yeah, I, I feel your pain. I, uh, having worked in this industry a long time, it's um, you know it's a 300 year old industry or something. So you know they their timescales are probably not the same as a startup's. Uh. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, where have your have your customers all been? Uh, you mentioned Transway, but have have you targeted kind of clients internationally? Have you focused on the kind of London market to start with, or it doesn't matter? So we, we, we started in the to tackle the energy uh, class of risk, uh-huh. uh, and we are soon expanding into other um, verticals. Um, so most of our clients are London based, yeah, uh, or and, and, and some of our targeted clients are also based in, in, in the US, uh, in, in Bermuda. Yeah. Um, so we are covering both insurance and, and reinsurance. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, because we, we found that uh, our tool is, is very useful for reinsurance as well. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we are t- targeting a, a, some customers in uh, in, in Bermuda. Um, so I think 60% of the of the energy markets on the insurance side is London-based. So, yeah. so the, the, the Lloyd's Lab was the, the perfect uh, uh, place to, to, to be for us. Mm-hmm. Have you, did, you, did you get any, um, have, you, uh, have you pitched to any of the people that were your mentors? Or, have any of them taken you up on the product yet? Not not uh, not formally, but yeah. we are still very much in touch with with them. They are providing us feedback. It's uh, 
a type of informal informal um, I, I would say pilot where we develop something for them and, and they provide us some some, uh, some input. Um, we haven't formally moved to a proper partnership agreement, but it was interesting to see how the the, the, the move, how the, the client relationship moved from the Lloyd lab where we had, where we were trying to understand and solve a problem to switching to a more commercial discussion. And, uh, and actually, uh, most, most of our mentors were very keen to have this, uh, this switch uh, right at the end of the, the Lloyd lab. So the, after the, the demo day, they, uh, they uh, approach us to meet with some of the decision maker within, within their organization to move the, the process forward. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it takes, yeah. takes time, especially because our monsters were uh, the leaders in, in, their, in, in, in their respective markets. So um, these are big organization. Yes, yeah, yeah, of course. And, and that's the, I suppose it's the challenge with the energy market as well. You're talking, talking about big numbers, yeah. you know, and um, you're talking about big organizations. Uh, I mean, it's challenging to drive change in those. Um, so you, you said you're moving into different markets. Is, is that a decision you made from customer feedback or um, is that just you, you see that the product is naturally kind of fits with those markets um yeah we we realize that there is um a fit between where we are good at and what the market needs mm. so we realize that a lot of um insurers still had uh needs for uh, visualization and quickly processing um insured data uh, to map to um, enhance uh, their scale of value or policies with, with external data mm -hmm. and to generate analysis. So we thought that same methodology could be, well, what we were effectively doing in energy could be applied uh, to other uh, classes of risk. Mm -hmm. um, and the natural language processing technology that we, de we developed that I mentioned before, could be very much useful uh, to other classes of risk. Yeah. So um, we, uh, we we took the decision to expand and look at other areas as well. Mm -hmm. and, and does that mean that you're going to have to grow as a company? Will that mean that you need to go out and get some investment at this stage, do you think? Um, yeah, it'd, be probably, uh, it'd probably be the case. Uh, so we are um, about to start a, a pilot in, in cargo, in stock cargo. Mm -hmm. uh, we are looking at uh, aviation and in 2022, we hope to um, look at uh, commercial property, industrial factories and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, yeah, we, we might certainly need to grow the team. We can't be... <laughs> uh, a free guy, uh, a, a free guy startup uh, anymore. We probably will have to expand and and, and grow uh, grow our capabilities. Yeah. Have you have you done have you started any of the investment pitches yet, or are we not? In the... 
Not, not, not actively. So the, the station uh, F uh, being nominated among the top 40 uh, provided us with a lot of visibility. So we, uh, we got um, contacted by a lot of potential investors. Um, but uh, we haven't formally started any process. And uh, it's, it's a strategic decision that we, we need to be comfortable with. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, and 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 the thing is, it's, the problem about getting investment is, it's it becomes a full time job getting investment, right? And and then you've, yes. you've got only there's only three of you as it is as a resource. So you've you then become our job is just getting investment, and and then it can drain your time. So it's very much the case. Uh, we are hopefully about to close some uh, long dated commercial efforts. And uh, we want to focus on those uh, within the next few months. And but uh, things might might be different in uh, early 2021. Let's see. Yeah. Well, let's hope so. Let's hope so. How has um how has this year been? How have you been impacted by you know the pandemic? Is it has it has it slowed things down? If has it been kind of as you expected it to be? Um, um yeah <laughs> it's not that i expected anything from, from the pandemic but uh, so um, it has slowed down our our marketing efforts and and, and uh, development uh, process for sure um but we find that underwriters are still available uh, through uh, zoom and and uh, sometimes it's even easier to get them on the call and yeah. uh, and on the video chat um, yeah. because everybody is a bit bored at home so. <laughs> um. but someone got offended so I, I said that to someone the other day and they got offended and and, and i think oh, really? yeah they were going i don't think people are talking to us because they're bored and i'm like i think they do a little bit <laughs> <laughs> i've definitely got meetings with people zoom that i would never get a meeting with physically um, <laughs> and uh but but there's kind of less barriers and 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 it's efficient right you know you're saving you're saving that 15 minute walk to the to the meeting room or the coffee shop or the or wherever you were going to do the meeting and that's either yeah. side um you're, yeah you're, very much having said that someone said to me the other day the problem with the zoom call is that if someone says it's got half an hour zoom call you feel the need to do the half an hour whereas like if you're having a coffee you might just have a coffee and go right thanks very much off we go um <laughs> I, I don't know i don't know but i think i think that's why i asked because i thought interestingly i think in some respects it's been helpful but yeah most of the time it's been an absolute nightmare um mm -hmm. yeah, it's just slowed decisions down and, and i would imagine that in your world when you're trying to bringing new business, new technology into a business, slowing down is not helpful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't want to end on a negative note, but that's kind of where I put to. So I'm going to ask you more about what's, what's, what's 2021 look like for you guys? Um, you know, it sounds, it sounds like, it sounds like you're closing some things out, which would be a nice way to finish the year. Yeah, very much. So, uh, our, our roadmap really consists of expanding, as I mentioned, across other verticals. Uh -huh. I think, uh, yeah, we we look forward to expanding our, our product line and hopefully uh, closing some uh, commercial efforts uh, within the next few months. Um, 
and uh, and, and and maybe uh, and maybe um, raising some some funding at one point. So it, it might be an event for uh, 2021. Yeah. Um, well, I'd, I had a very positive conversation this morning about someone saying that um, all this change that hasn't happened has built up a debt in the industry and that debt needs to be yeah. paid next year um and we're both we're both hopeful that's the case <laughs> yeah um, but um anthony thank you so much for your time um I'll, I'll, I'll conscious everyone's time so i'll sort of bring it to a close there but um really excited to see what you guys get up to um next year um and i wish you all the best particularly going into the new markets um and um, yeah, and congratulations once again, because I, I didn't know that you've been voted in the top 40 for Station F, because that is, um, yeah, I know what an accolade that is. So then, yeah, congratulations on that. Thanks so much, Alex, for having me today. Yeah, not at all. You're welcome. All the best. Thank you. So that was Antonin of Orphins. Um, like I said, lovely guy, um, really interesting business. Um, but a couple of analytics um, SaaS type platforms on um, seems to be a really kind of competitive space. Um, and it's I think it's great that the guys have got a specific edge um, and they're just bringing that sort of different angle to it um, with their you know, previous experience in the energy sector. So it's great to see and I wish them all the best. Um, thanks, Antonin, for spending the time. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I certainly did. And as always, if you're interested in finding out more about what I do, um, I'm available at alex at wearefinpro.com. You can find out more about um, FinPro and what we do in the executive search space in the insurance and insure tech sector. Um, you can find our website at wearefinpro.com. Alternatively, look me up, Alex Bond, on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. I'm always happy to hear from you. Um, if you liked, please like and share the um, where, however you've watched this or listened to this. Um, if you didn't like it, please reach out and tell me why. Um, I'm always looking to change things up. So hope you enjoyed it. All the best. Speak to you soon.